Hello and welcome to the podcast. We are on episode 211 and we are so fortunate to have Teresa Majorano, a registered dietitian that absolutely loves to cook, plan, support, and empower all of her clients around her and everyone around her actually. She has a ton of blogs and different things that she can give free information out there because she's just so passionate about this topic. Today, Teresa and I sat down and we are specifically talking about how nutrition can impact or help with fertility. So if you're someone who is thinking about starting a family or you've been struggling with fertility, this is an episode you're not going to want to miss. Teresa talks about all the things, nutrition, and how it can help with fertility. I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Okay, first off, thank you, Teresa, for coming on the show. We are so excited to have you. And I know a lot of people are going to be really excited and really keen to hear what you have to say. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. And like I mentioned in the intro, today we're going to be talking all about nutrition with Teresa, but we're actually going to zero in a little bit more specifically and chat about how your nutrition can help when it comes to fertility. And I think that's something people don't necessarily think of. So Teresa, when most mm-hmm. people think about a dietitian or a nutritionist, they tend to think about kind of general health and wellness. But the truth is there's a huge scope of practice out there specifically with a dietitian. Can you touch on this a little bit for us? Like what all do you guys do? Yeah, definitely. We do a lot. So um, as a registered dietitian, so we are trained or specialized in giving nutrition care that includes definitely general health and wellness for sure. Uh, but that's almost you know the tip of the iceberg, if you will. So we are um, trained through evidence-based science to really specifically treat conditions and help manage like long-term conditions or specific conditions. So things like IBS or diabetes or um, heart conditions or Crohn's or colitis or fertility. Um, So that's kind of where we, what we love to do, if you will, right? So we love to dig down and try to try to help people manage their conditions through nutrition. And also actually, we're also trained in um, different demographics. So children, you know, adults, the geriatric community, all of them have different needs and depending on their conditions, everything changes. So we're trained on all those things too. Awesome. So would you say most of registered dietitians kind of roster of of clients, would that be more very specific things they're working on versus, oh, hey, I just want a little bit of help with my general, you know, wellness? I think that we definitely can do general health and wellness. I think most dietitians seem to, um, you know, find a little niche that they that they love to, to be in, whether it's renal or you know peds or something like that. So we definitely are trained on the, on the general wellness, but we love to dig down into the specifics. Very cool. Mm. And then speaking of that, actually, a good question I just thought of is mm. a lot of people don't know the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. Is that something you can kind of educate us on a bit? For sure. Um, so a registered dietitian versus a nutritionist, it's, it is really kind of tricky. So a registered dietitian, when you find that name, it's a protected name, meaning um, we have to be registered by the college and we have to go through, um, you know, an accredited university and 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 then do an internship and there's then we have to write an exam to become a registered dietitian and we pay to the college to carry that name um so you know that every dietitian has gone through that process of education and experience and 
clinical and things like that. The nutritionist name, now a dietitian can call themselves a nutritionist, but a nutritionist can't call themselves a dietitian. So it's kind of, that's why it gets a little funny. Um, a nutritionist is somebody who has uh, various levels of education. It's just not a protected title that way. Okay. So maybe touch on some similar things, but you can definitely trust that the registered dietitian has gone through and has the experience where you might not be able to know that with a nutritionist. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Now, when it comes to nutrition, anyone who's read about nutrition, learned about nutrition, or kind of paid any attention to it <laughs> can <laughs> see that there are so, so many philosophies out there when it comes to how we should be eating. So there's the whole food people, the plant-based people, the, you know, vegetarians, the carnivore, the low-carb, high-carb, keto, all of it, pro-intermittent fasting, against intermittent fasting. Um, so I know this is a very broad general question, but if you had to describe, and I know it depends on the person, but if you had to describe overall what your nutrition philosophy is, what would you say? That's a good question. There is so much out there. So if I had to really think about my own nutrition philosophy, I would say, and if you talk to my friends about what my nutrition philosophy is, they would say, um, I think it's a combination of mindfulness and moderation. So it's, I, I say it's someone's food identity. So what I like to do when it comes to nutrition is learn someone's food identity and who they are when it comes to their food and their relationship. And then I help them by modifying within that identity. See what I mean? So it's, it's a different kind of philosophy. Um, so yeah, I would say moderation, mindfulness combination thereof okay can you elaborate on what you mean by food identity sure um so this is what, what i call it so their food identity is because every food is more than just kind of not that your 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 nutrition lifestyle i guess is more than just the food that goes into your mouth right if food has a lot of meaning behind it you know the why the who the where the what how we were raised the there's so much there that people are tied pretty strongly to when it comes to the foods that they eat. Um, like, for example, I have an Italian background, and if somebody tells me I can't have pasta forever, I would say, about, right? Like, I just, yeah. that's part of who I am. Um, so that's what I mean by their food identity. So I, I like to take somebody's identity and, and not break it through some nutrition rules. I like to say, okay, who you are and what, how, you know, it's important to you. And then we'll just work within that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does make sense. Yeah. Could you think of an example, either of yourself or okay. maybe a client or a friend, like, could you tell us maybe about someone's food identity? Like, I mean, you being Italian, would that be your identity i'm italian i like my bread i like my <laughs> uh yeah so exactly so i'll use me for an example so my background is very is, is italian both sides and food is uh one it's very social and we come together with food and we you know when we have a party people some people think of themes and events and my family thinks of food um because that's what the party is all about and um and so that's part of my food identity for example right um and including 
um, you know, some people could be vegetarian, that's their food identity. It could be something as simple as that. Whereas other people like me could be like when I plan to bring my family together, I do it through food and that's part, part of my food identity. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Different philosophy than we've heard of before. So I like there it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when it comes to kind of your work and what you do, how did you become interested in speaking or not speaking, but specializing in fertility? Yeah, so this is a good question. So I have a bit of a, a varied background in dietetics. So to be, you know, open about this, I was working part time in dietetics. And when my kids were smaller, and I was looking to um, be in the dietetics field in a different way in the sense of adding a lot more value to kind of the areas of where nutrition isn't really a focus yet. And um, so I was looking around and looking around and kind of trying to think of something. And then um, Dr. Dzinku actually at one of the clinics here um, approached me and said, you know, I need a dietitian on my team. I'd really like if you would consider being part of my team. And I said, okay. Um, so I, you know, did my research, did all of that and looked into it. And then, you know, after meeting my first client, I fell in love with the entire field. So I realized it was a really great match. So I've been doing that ever since. That's awesome. I love that story. (laughs) And so, so now that we're going to kind of zero a little bit more in on the fertility piece, we obviously, I think you can't argue or no one would argue with us that nutrition is important for our overall health. But speaking specifically about fertility, does the timing matter? Does it matter that people start thinking about this right off the bat when they're trying to conceive? Or is it more applicable for those that are struggling to implement? Does it really matter? Or yeah, tell me your thoughts. <laughs> um, and you might hear my dog barking in the background. I apologize. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so I would say, I mean, I would say that Nutrition matters definitely uh, when it comes to fertility. If you're thinking of getting pregnant or if you're thinking of planning to get pregnant, um, I would say nutrition is important on on both for sure, right from the start. So um, a few different ways to approach this. So there's one thing called, and you can Google this, it's, it's called developmental programming. And what they're learning now in the, in the science is, and I find this fascinating, but um, is that the maternal health and the paternal health, okay, of both, of both people um, have an impact on adult health and conditions of your child and their, your grandchild. I think it's like, that blows my mind. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So studies are ongoing about that. And you know, there's definitely more research to become like always, but this is what they're finding is that these links are happening in transgenerational. So I would say nutrition is important definitely when you're starting and then when you're um, having some issues to having some mm-hmm. concerns as well. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So is there, if we're talking about fertility, so we know, especially with these studies that what you eat matters and it's mattering generations to follow, especially during pregnancy. But with regards to fertility or trying to conceive, are there consequences to a poor diet? So that's a good so, or, or, Yeah, yeah go I was going to say, like said another way, like does a poor diet decrease the likeliness of conceiving? 
or is it just that a good diet kind of improves your chances? Yeah. So that, I like, I like the way <laughs> you're thinking about that. Cause when you're looking at studies, usually most studies report, you do this and you get an increase, you know, uh, incident or increased chance. Right. So that's how most studies kind of tell us, um, when you're thinking about decreased likelihood. So, um, I guess for, I'm going to talk about men specifically versus women right now. So let's talk about the male. Um, poor diet does directly impact sperm health. So if you have a poor diet, um, your sperm is just has decreased motility, decreased DNA fragment, uh, increased DNA fragmentation, decreased, you know, swimmers count everything. Um, and so there are a lot of studies out there who that that support that. So I would say for sure that one with a poor diet mm -hmm. will decrease it instead of um, when it comes to female health or male um, female health. Um, most studies actually more report the increased incidence of um, proper diet or proper. I shouldn't say the word proper um, a fertility based diet um, and increasing. The chances. Mm -hmm. I did find one that said um, that people, this is only based on 3,600 women, and they, that people who had um, three servings of, they decided to choose three servings of soda pop, like a pop, okay. um, yeah. they had a 52% lower rate of pregnancy versus the ones who didn't. So that was one study yeah. that reported the opposite way. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'd be so interested if they did more studies on that. Mm -hmm. um, just to see the effects or, and I know you'll never really be able to hundred percent know, obviously yeah. in women it's a little harder than looking at sperm count, but right. um, a lot more factors at play here, but. <laughs> For sure. Men, men is um, a, lot, uh, a lot more straightforward sometimes. Absolutely. So do age and genetics play a factor in this or in how people respond to certain foods? So I mean, age and genetics definitely play a role. I mean, in both male and female, the older we get, um, the less likely that you are for getting pregnant. So 20s and 30s are, you know, basically the most fertile. And as you get older, um, the chances of getting pregnant are a lot less. So for women, it's usually about 35 where fertility starts to really kind of decrease. And for men, um, you know, between 40 and 45 years old is when their sperm count starts to decrease. Uh, not to say it can't happen, but just the numbers mm -hmm. start to um, decrease. So men have about three times more likely to have a decreased sperm count um, when they're in their 40s versus when they're in their 20s. So definitely age does play a role. And so sure. this is the big thing now too with, um, is that, you know, a lot of women are choosing to have babies later, which is great. Yeah. Um, and there's, yeah. but the, the great part is there's a lot of things that you can do, um, despite the fact that age is, you know, getting past 35. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we can do now to, to ensure pregnancy anyway. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And speaking of genetics, like I'm thinking back of all of those famous, whether they were good or not, um, diets out there that you've heard about in, you know, popular media and stuff like the one in particular I'm thinking of is like the blood type diet okay. or anything like that. So, I mean, and that speaks a little bit about genetics or, or biomechanics, mm. not biomechanics, but like our bio makeup. Does that right. actually matter with the 
with regards to fertility? So that's a good question. I have read many studies and I have not come across anything just yet that talks about specifically that kind of thing, like our, our you know, blood type or our genetic profile and uh, infertility. So that I haven't quite come across yet. Okay. So likely don't think too hard on it or, right. <laughs> or worry about it if you're trying to conceive. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, getting that down into a little bit more specifics of like what people should eat or or some examples of what some good diets are or good foods are. What um like what are some common mistakes you see couples making when it comes to their diet? Okay, so that's a good one. Uh common mistakes. This one I would say um so I would say commonly the things that I probably um adjust most for are things like um, a couple things. So, so I like, I, I'm all about balance. So I do correct a lot about the balancing of macronutrients and the, you know, ensuring the micronutrient profile looks good. But balancing, I would say, is probably one of the bigger ones that I have to try to um, correct. So, you know, when we say eat colorful vegetables and fruits, I, I you know, I say that all the time. Um, and so a lot of times we're not sure, a lot of people don't know what that means. How much, when, where, like what kind of fruits and veg or what kind of grains. So there's a lot of that that I've got to do is, is rebalance the portions to make sure people are kind of, you know, meeting their needs. Um, and another common mistake. Oh yeah. So another thing now that I'm thinking about it is um, supplements. So I, I think there's time and place for supplements for sure. I, I do recommend supplements. There's sometimes um, people aren't on enough supplements and sometimes they're on many, many supplements, which is can get, you know, expensive and some things aren't yeah. quite as evidence-based. So those are probably the two things that I, I um, okay. wreck the most. That you wreck the most, okay. Right, yeah. And you mentioned like, well, balancing and nutrients and stuff. Does that mean there's a certain like split of macronutrients that you're hoping for? For sure. Um, yeah, for sure. So macronutrients, when I talk about macronutrients, I'm talking about carbs, fat, and protein. And there's definitely a balance between the percentage. So, um, you know, when I, when I say lots of colorful fruits and veg, for example, I want that to be like 50% of your intake. And then I want you to have 25% kind of whole grains, 25% protein, and just like a drizzling of fat um, or an avocado or something like that that's healthy fats. Um, and throughout all your snacks and meals, that's kind of how I like to build them out, depending on the people, for sure. But that's usually the, the portions or the balancing that I like to do like to see okay yeah. yeah so a lot more carbs than like some of the more popular kind of diets that we hear about yeah yeah a lot more carbs from um yeah a lot more carbs from fruits and veg and whole <laughs> grains yeah i guess you're right um yeah definitely it's it's all about the antioxidants really and so you get antioxidants um from from those foods so, so this might be a challenging question to answer, but like, no, it, it really shouldn't be. But like, we just talked about like, that's a lot more carbs than like a lot of people think. And a lot of people have this misconception that low carb is better. And I know there's a gazillion misconceptions when it comes to sure. nutrition in general, but if you had to just briefly like 
you know, de, how would you say that? Demystify or kind of, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but like tell people why low carb isn't what you should necessarily strive for. What would you say? Right. Um, this is good. So again, this goes back to a little bit of the food identity piece too, where people, some people love it and, and that's fine. Um, as long as we're looking at the balance of uh, pro-inflammatory pro foods versus anti-inflammatory foods, so so and antioxidant foods, so things like the low-carb diets that are out there. That's I mean, if you want to do something like that, that's fine. Um, it's just a matter of the choices. So things like that are pro-inflammatory, um, like that are high in saturated fats or high in trans fats, regardless of with you, whether you're low carb or high carb, those things I would not recommend having. So processed meats or cured meats or, um, and so that's the tricky part when you're trying to get a lower carb, higher protein diet is just the protein sources are, are, um, are the ones that you need to talk about. So plant-based protein sources are fantastic for fertility health, for example. Um, so we would have to work through that, I think. So yeah, great. I mean, carb the carbs, I love carbs because of all the colors, right? Fruits, veg. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you don't want to do the cereals or the grains, we can work around that. But the fruits and veg are those are those are top of the list. <laughs> those are key. Yeah. Those are key. So would you say it's more about like you mentioned pro-inflammatory versus anti-inflammatory mm -hmm. so it's more about that than it is like you know grains versus protein yeah yeah pretty much yeah that's that makes that's sense. where i would work that's where i would tweak things and is that specific to fertility or kind of just in general um i would say that's specific to fertility it does apply okay. in other aspects of conditions like other conditions uh for sure like a heart condition for example it doesn't i wouldn't say the same rules apply to all things but uh it definitely applies to fertility health okay okay so jumping right on this then what are some foods that people should avoid if they're trying to conceive and i guess what that means is one of those pro-inflammatory foods mm -hmm. yeah exactly so i would say Okay, so I'm going to say a couple of things about the avoid list. So definitely we'll talk about foods. So pro-inflammatory foods we talked about, definitely things like, um, I don't want to say processed foods because everything's technically kind of processed other than fruits and veg, but, you know, frozen meals or ready-made um, foods that are on the go have a smaller, I would say just there's a smaller window of opportunity for them to be used. Um, because they're a bit more um, contain pro-inflammatory compounds and things like like I mentioned cured meats deli meats and then sugar forward foods too so those can be quite pro-inflammatory too um, you know all sugar forward foods candies pops um, you name it cookies those kind of things as well and then foods that have trans fats too which is another um, thing that you can read on the label uh, and the other thing too that is quite pro-inflammatory that's not really food related, but it's you know um, the top of the list would be smoking is pro-inflammatory. Oh, yeah. so smoking, uh, smoking anything at this point is a pro-inflammatory thing too as well for fertility. Okay. And what about um, this? Is just I'm just thinking this. We hear a lot about like the nightshades or 
like beans and certain people can't process those or dairy mm-hmm. or gluten and all of that stuff. Are those pro-inflammatory in general? Are those pro-inflammatory for certain people? Or is that all just an entire myth? <laughs> right. So that's, that's good. Um, funny. So let's talk about what should we talk about first? So um, let's talk about dairy. You mentioned dairy. Mm-hmm. So dairy, when it comes to the fertility studies, and it's high fat dairy specifically, um, like or full fat, they call it full fat dairy, which is three and a half percent or more. Um, that's actually really supportive in a fertility health, uh, in a fertility diet. So, you know, cheese okay. and Greek yogurts and all those, those are supported definitely for fertility health. And, um, um, how so we okay oh, Teresa's laughing at me yeah <laughs> <laughs> Teresa's laughing at me right now like rightly so because I, my dog is going crazy so I've given her a scrunchie so she can just pull on it so all Teresa can see right now in the video is me like moving my body <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute but it's keeping it's the so girl cute. quiet <laughs> So oh, anyway, sorry it. to distract. I love it so much. I don't know why that would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you were saying so dairy, full fat dairy. Right. Yes. Yeah, so actually, quite is supportive. Actually quite supported. It's well supported in the research for fertility health and things like gluten. Um, you know, everything is condition specific, of course. But when we're talking about generalities, uh, I don't go to a gluten-free diet straight away, uh, for sure, because some people don't have to avoid it and that's okay. Um, And yeah, I include all fruits and vegetables for people, unless they have, you know, triggers or or some condition that that needs to be addressed. So so how do you know uh, what those triggers are? Like, let's say, for example, like nightshades, which a lot of people do have challenges with. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So if they do have challenges with nightshades, then we, um, then I wouldn't recommend having them for sure because they are having some symptoms. And so if your body is showing symptoms against a food, then your body is, is something, something's happening in your body that does not tolerate that food well. So that tells me, okay, we're going to just ignore that food and, and try to make up those colors really somewhere else. But do you find that people can like, identify that on their own (laughs) um can identify food triggers yeah like like do you think people actually can identify oh i feel tired or oh i feel stuffed up because i've eaten x or or is that something you work with people to determine yeah definitely both so some people come to me with these are the foods that bother me and i can't do it and other times you know i'll just hear a lot of like oh i'm sluggish or i'm this or i'm this and i'm like okay let's food journal and let's see if we can tease out kind of what's going on so it happens either way okay so certain things we want to avoid are those pro-inflammatory foods that you mentioned Mm -hmm. but then let's talk about what to include so are there certain things i mean now i think everybody's gonna rush out and have you know full fat milk (laughs) but other than dairy what else should people be consuming when they're trying to conceive i mean there's there's i again i'd love to i could talk about this forever but i will give a a summarized list of what i would recommend so on (laughs) the daily i i do like to recommend things like berries for sure And, you know, any kind, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries, and I like to mix it up, right? Because sometimes have strawberries, sometimes have blackberries, sometimes have raspberries, because they all offer different nutrient profiles. 
and uh, they all offer different colors and antioxidants and all these kind of things. So I definitely like berries on a daily basis. I do recommend uh, in smaller quantities nuts and seeds. So specifically um, walnuts for women, Brazil nuts for men, um, specifically flax seeds and chia seeds for sure. Either one. Pumpkin seeds too. Fantastic. Um, the little bundles of nutrients. I call them little bundles of nutrients. I love them. So those on the daily too. Um, and then things like eggs too. Not every day, but during the week, quite a few portions of eggs because uh, those are just fantastic for fertility health. Um, things like oysters, especially for men high in a lot of the minerals that are needed for sperm development. So oysters, whether it's raw, baked, canned, whatever, it doesn't matter as long as it's your oyster. Fatty fishes, things like salmon, tuna, because they're high in omega-3s and those are anti-inflammatories, which is great. So are the walnuts, for example. Um, and then definitely dark leafy greens on a daily basis, trying to get those in. Um, yeah. Is that a good okay. list? That's a good list. It sounds very Mediterranean almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, the Mediterranean eating style is very, I mean. Pro. <laughs> yeah, very much well supported in a lot of the fertility documents um, is Mediterranean style. So. And you mentioned like eggs. So, I mean, mm -hmm. this is what made me think of it, but it's true of all of the foods you mentioned. Is there any reason people should be seeking out that organic Stamp, does it really not matter so much? Because I know I've done a lot of uh, reading and research and, and some people will say like, oh, when it comes to avocados, it doesn't really matter if you get organic because you're going to take the peel off. But if you're getting strawberries, then you really should because that's like direct. So I mean, right. does it matter with the eggs? Does it matter with the fruit and veggies really? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, studies do show uh, for fertility health, studies do show that choosing the organics um, is more beneficial than choosing the conventional. And I mean, if you can buy all things organic, great, but if you can't, which is really, you know, not easy to do, but I do recommend that the, um, you know, the clean 15 dirty dozen, uh, lists. Have you seen the E W G? So it's an E it's, it's a, okay. So if you go on Google where the world's, you know, Google, there's this thing called Google and you go E W G, um, Clean 15, EWG, Dirty Dozen, they call it. Those two lists are the lists that basically say, if you're going to choose organic, choose mm. the organic ones um, on the Dirty Dozen list. Those are probably the dirty, the most, the have the most pesticides. Whereas okay. the Clean 15, if you don't, if you can't do all organic for everything, then the Clean 15 are the ones that you can buy conventional methods of farming. Okay. And the pesticide residues are really not as high that's a difference. So that's a nice reference for you. And you're right in the sense of berries. Um, what is on there? Berries. There's some dark leafy greens on there um, that are that have higher pesticide residues, whereas the things with the peels generally have lower. Mm. So that makes sense. Yeah, there is the thing. <laughs> and and when we're talking about all of these foods that are helpful to include in your diet what's the measure like is it just a measure of what foods are more anti-inflammatory or is there something more specific that these studies are measuring to know that these are you know helpful to fertility so that's a good question and what's 
so the nutrition studies that are out there, it's hard when it comes to nutrition studies, it's hard to dive down into the specific nutrients, even though some, I mean, some do, but it's usually more um, epidemiological in nature in the sense that they study the populations. And so they tease out the foods of the populations where they're like, oh, they have better outcome than they do. You know, what's happening here versus there instead of kind of some things we can really dive down to. But a lot of times it's more food based um, than just the nutrient based. Okay. So it's more, this is generally what this population eats and this population or not population, but group of people. And they tend to have more, you know, successful like conception uh, like all of that right or they or they take a group and they they give one you know one group and they split it evenly in two so that the, the both groups mm -hmm. are kind of the same and they give one style of eating versus the other style of eating and they kind of see what the outcomes are okay that makes yeah. sense yeah neat just something i was thinking of now does does um I'm laughing at my dog again. <laughs> I bet any second she's gonna start barking. Um, it, like, let's talk about there it is. There let's it talk is. About calories. Yes. Does the number of calories matter? Is it like is it important that someone's getting enough calories? Well, I'm assuming that's true, but like, are hmm. there consequences of someone eating too much or too little, other than the blatantly obvious consequences? Right. Right. So that's a good question. Definitely, we'll go to too little calories first. So too little calories is. Um, probably I would, I mean, if I had to, it's probably a little more, um, requires more, uh, focus than too many calories in that sense, because too many calories. So, so say, um, I mean, too, it's such a reference, right? So yeah. if you're, um, underweight, for example, or if you're, um, you know, if your blood work shows that you're deficient in certain nutrients, or if your intake uh, is lower than your requirements based on, you know, a bunch of calculations and things. So if that's happening, you're getting too few calories or too few fats or too few uh, proteins, then that'll have a significant impact on your ability to get pregnant for sure. It impacts your hormone health, really, which impacts mm -hmm. your fertility health. So definitely that side. And then too many calories. I mean, there's a lot of research out there and it's all, they always talk about, um, you know, weight and they talk about BMI and weight and all these kind of things. Cause it's an easy thing to measure. And essentially yeah. that's why it's in the studies. Um, but when you look at it from a person, person to person perspective, um, the calorie intake, as long as it's again, all of the balanced of the, the foods are, are all the food, different types of foods are balanced per se, then I don't really look too much at the calories um, as much. I look to see the portions and the variety and those kind of things um, versus the calories. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And kind of, and, and sorry, like this also just popped into my head, but does the timing of, of, you know, meals and snacks matter when it comes to fertility? So I would say yes and no. So yes, when, so when it comes to fertility, it's really good to, to see, you know, get some blood work done, uh, you know, talk to the doctors. If you're going to a clinic, see if you can get some investigations happening in the sense of what, what's, what's happening. So if you have something called insulin resistance or PCOS or, um, you know, endometriosis or something like that, 
then timing of food and types of food matter um, because you have mm -hmm. to balance that uh, glucose stability and your insulin resistance and things like that. So definitely timing does matter. And, um, and so, and studies show, you know, front loading, which is really hard for a lot of people, front loading calories versus uh, during the beginning of the day versus the end of the day can be beneficial as well. Um, so if you have those kind of conditions, yeah. If you're, uh, don't have any of those conditions and I would still say it matters, just not quite as much, I would say, um, as long as your balancing is still correct. But again, I always yeah. support eating throughout the day. It's just I'm not quite mm -hmm. as strict on how often you need to eat. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have any of those conditions. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't want you to go all day and just have one meal. That's no matter who you are. I don't want you doing that no matter what. But uh, but it is more specific if you have some sort of condition that that relates to it. Yeah. Correct. So then would you say those folks who maybe are into intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. that that isn't potentially a great thing if they're trying to conceive? Um, that's a tough question. It depends on the condition. It really does depend on the condition. I don't, I haven't so recommended say, intermittent yeah. fasting um, to the point of like 16-8, you know, the 16-8 breakdown. Mm -hmm. So I have never gone there for recommendations. Um, you know, if anything, I'll do 12 and 12, which is a kind of a modified version um, of, of fasting. But that's usually that's usually what I've done in the past. Yeah, I was just curious because yeah. I know a lot of the studies talk about um, autophagy, which for those of like our listeners who don't know, that's essentially, I mean, in super layman's terms, that's essentially when your own body kind of you know, goes through and it's like a garbage truck picking up all the broken cells and the things that aren't functioning well. And so it makes your body work a lot more efficiently and effectively. And so right. I just wondered if there was any research talking about how autophagy could, you know, lead to potentially improved outcomes and things like that. But I guess we haven't gotten that nitty gritty yet. <laughs> no, we, ha I ha we haven't yet. But if we do one day, I will let you know. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Now, you mentioned a couple of times something about the men eating. And what was it? Brazil nuts, the men should eat, and walnuts, the women should eat? Is that what you said? I mean, Did generally, I yes. I like <laughs> yes, I like mixed nuts, but yes, Brazil nuts for sure. I love for uh, men, and I definitely like walnuts for women. But, I mean, it's not to say men can't have the walnuts and women can't have the Brazil nuts. That's fine, too. Um, but there's a, quite a bit of things that the man the male uh, should be or could be eating to help build up their um, their sperm health for sure. Um, okay. So what are some like, yeah, recommendations for men in general or what are, and like, if there's anything that's different for men and women, I'd be, love to hear that too. Yeah. So um, for men, I, again, I recommend things like what I've talked about already, oysters, nuts, poultry, again, same thing, colorful fruits and veg. Um, unprocessed meats, which which can be a little bit trickier, I think, sometimes. So unprocessed meats. Um, there was a study, so I will tell you about a study that happened with um, 60 men. And what they did was they divided the two men. It's a small study, but it's still something. Uh, and they gave 60 grams of mixed nuts to one group and no nuts to the other group. And these mixed nuts were hazelnuts, um, almonds, and um, 
walnuts. So not even Brazil nuts at this point. Not even Brazil nuts. Not even. I don't know why they didn't throw those in there, but they didn't. And <laughs> so they they didn't change anything else in their diet. They westernized their diet. They didn't change anything else. They just gave them these mixed nuts. And this group didn't get any mixed nuts. And they did this for 14 weeks. And they wanted to see what the changes were. So the changes is, is why I'm talking about it is in the <laughs> group. Um, all of their numbers came up. So the count, the vitality, the motility, the morphology came up. And then there was a decrease, significant decrease in DNA fragmentation too. And that's just giving them a mix nuts, right? So yeah, it's pretty fascinating really. And so, um, and there's also some supplements too that I like to recommend to men and women for that matter, um, specifically to them, depending on their, their situations. But yeah, there's lots that they can do. Ooh. That's a perfect segue. Tell us about what supplements people <laughs> should be having. So, so yeah, I gather, I, from that that you're, I gather from that you're pro supplementing. Yes, I do. I do support supplementing for sure. Um, I mean, in in addition to all the food stuff, right? Food first, okay. yeah. right? food first philosophy for sure. Um, but supplementing definitely has their time and place, just like medication has their time and place, right? Like everything kind of fits. Um, depending on everyone's situation. So supplements, I do like to recommend case by case basis. Um, ones I like, depending on who you are, I like um, omega-3 fatty acids, for sure. Mm -hmm. Really nice anti-inflammatory there. Um, I do like to recommend vitamin D as a supplement. I mean, probably for most people, vitamin D, especially now coming into the winter months. And vitamin D deficiencies um, do show decreased fertility outcomes. So that one's a nice, easy okay. one to supplement with. Um, another one, definitely the prenatal multivitamin, yeah. uh, which I don't think we talked about yet, but yeah, definitely prenatal multivitamins. If you're thinking about um, starting to get pregnant or if you're, you know, in the process, prenatal is super, um, super recommended. That's one of my super recommended ones. Super recommended. Super I like recommended. it. <laughs> <Renatals>. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. And another one that, it, that is out there a lot in the research is coenzyme Q10. Mm -hmm. So that's a good, really, really strong antioxidant. That's another one. And sometimes things like vitamin C and vitamin E, um, depending on, you know, your intake and who you are and things like that, those two can be recommended as well sometimes. So quite a, quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few. Um, so you talked about the omega-3, so I just want to circle back to that for a second. Yeah. A lot of conditions or a lot of, you know, things that people are trying to optimize talk about the difference between like the EPA and the DHA. Mm -hmm. And typically mm -hmm. it's the EPA that needs to be cranked up there more than the DHA. With the exception, I think, with um, like mental focus and that kind of thing. There's a lot of research showing it's the DHA that's a little more important. Anyway, um, is there a certain, like, are you looking for more of one than the other? Are you like, what are you looking for in a good omega supplement? Oh, that's a good question. So there is an omega-3 supplement that I, that I, that I like, um, and there's, it's regular and it's vegan. So I like DHA, EPA, EPA, EPA combinations for sure. Um, and usually a thousand milligrams of it's usually a thousand milligrams DHA. I think it's usually offers 500 milligrams EPA. I think, I think that's the breakdown, um, is usually what I like. And, um, and there's one out there that I like called Nutra-C and it's, it offers in vegan and it offers in fish based as well. Um, and those ones are, I like the amount of DHA in there. I like the amount of EPA in there. Um, 
and it's a, it's a nice, easy one to get. Cool. Um, this is, I'm just totally curious. I've never heard of a vegan omega-3. Is this like, um, like synthetic? Like what, like, what is it made of? <laughs> it's algae. It's from like algae from, Okay. yeah, it's super cool. I think. Yeah. And then they flavor it. So it doesn't, you know, they taste like, like fish <laughs> or something. I don't know. They flavor it with some fruity flavor and, uh, some people like it. Some people don't, but yeah, I think it's an algae based, um, interesting. I've not heard of that. Is yeah. it as effective? Do we know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's good. Probably a little more pricey though. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. Actually, that might be true. <laughs> okay. So we know we want, you know, you know, anti-inflammatory inflammatory foods. We yeah. want antioxidants. Yeah. We want to avoid the things that irritate or trigger us. Supplement mm -hmm. with these important supplements. Mm -hmm. All of these things if we're trying to um, have a baby, start a family. Is there anything else diet related or maybe even lifestyle related that we can do to help our fertility? So, yeah, I think there's quite a bit. So I, we talk a lot about the food, but... Um, other aspects that we talk that I, that I like to touch on for sure is the lifestyle factors. So things to think about are sleep, um, which, you know, are you having effective sleep? Is, are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting up in the night? Those kind of things to look at because it's all related back to your hormone health, right? So sleep impacts your hormone health. So you want to make sure you're getting effective and adequate sleep. And then stress levels are another thing that, of course, like stress is one of these things that every condition we talk about, every situation we talk about, you know, it's trying to decrease stress. But um, but that one is a big one as well. Again, impact on your hormones. So just not to say you have to decrease your stress, but finding stress relief techniques. So is it walking? Is it exercising? Is it reading? Is it journaling? Whatever it is, just find something that will bring bring that those hormones into a nice calm state um is it walking with your dog like what you're doing <laughs> with your dog. so definitely that stuff as well and then um another thing that we can touch on too is just the environmental toxins that are kind of out there hormone disruptors they're called so this one is a little bit more um specific in the sense of you could go crazy on this stuff like you could really <laughs> You could really um, spin when you're looking at environmental toxins. So this one, we just go step by step because we don't want to increase stress. And, you know, so those ones can have an impact. And there's some, um, you know, there's some evidence there that if we decrease those environmental toxins, we can help increase our fertility outlook. And then other things too, like acupuncturists or, you know, seeing other therapists as well can really, uh, really mm -hmm. help. Very cool. And then what about like, uh, I know you mentioned, obviously smoking is bad for many reasons, mm -hmm. but for fertility, mm -hmm. of course, but mm -hmm. what about alcohol consumption or a lot of people who are perhaps using like recreational marijuana or medicinal marijuana, like right. are these having negative effects on fertility? So, and I don't necessarily mean abuse of these things. Right. Right. Um, so We'll talk with alcohol first. So alcohol is uh, one of those ones that's a little more, I mean, this, the studies are, they keep saying ongoing studies needed, ongoing studies need. Again, we're not talking about excessive use, right? We're just talking about, you know, a, a glass mm -hmm. of wine or something like that. Um, generally what they, the recommendation is if you can avoid alcohol, avoid alcohol. Um, just 
similarly to, you know, for example, when you're pregnant and there's that fetal alcohol syndrome, they don't even know the levels yet. So they really don't know the levels when it comes to the impact of fertility. And so the general recommendation is just to avoid alcohol. But when it comes to um, cannabis or weed or smoking or whatever people want to call it, uh, that is recommended to avoid as well. It does have negative impacts on length of time that you can get pregnant and your sperm health and your egg health. And it does have impacts All on of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then does, do you change any of your recommendations if someone becomes pregnant? So is there anything, you know, oh, yay, congrats, you just got pregnant. Now make sure you include this that you weren't including before. Or right. now you should avoid this, which you weren't avoiding before. Right. So definitely. So once, once you know, your goals are met and uh, you become pregnant, which is fantastic, then we go through... Um, there's usually, there's some recommendations. So we go through the avoid list because when you're pregnant, there's a lot of foods that you have to avoid uh, for sure. Um, and so there's a long laundry list of things that you need to avoid when you're pregnant. And then as well for supplements. So, you know, most supplements are recommended um, while you're pregnant, but if you, depending on if you have, you know, a hematoma or something like that, then we have to adjust things. So. When it comes to the supplements, we do try to to change them specific to your to what's happening to you. And omega threes, we keep you on for sure because um, those are well, we keep you on depending on your condition. But omega threes are really good still. Um, the prenatal still continue taking, and then uh, vitamin D you still continue taking if it's the winter time. Um, and then depending on your situation, we could continue or discontinue some of the other ones. And then and then there's foods that you have to avoid. So that's how we change things up. And then of course, there's also your nutrients profile goes up when you're pregnant. So you probably need more of certain foods and, you know, mm -hmm. iron becomes a really big concern. Folate becomes, there's a lot of things that become, a, a calcium becomes a big concern. So then we get mm -hmm. targeted on foods that you need to hit um, for that, to meet those needs. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 yeah so okay. Change. And then, I mean, you know, if we continue along and past delivery, past, you know, starting this new family, and I don't expect you to talk much about this, but can you touch really briefly on like nutrition beyond fertility and kind of maybe a goal someone should have, or is it just feeling good? Yeah, that's good. Um, so long-term nutrition goals, essentially, um, I actually have a, an article on my website of it that talks exactly about this, about long-term nutrition health and kind of all of the, all of the aspects. So nutrition will help you with all the things as you start to get older, bone health and brain health and uh, hormone health and cancer prevention and all these things. So when it comes to nutrition, I would say similar to the fertility diet, it can probably loosen it a bit, but, uh, and your needs will probably be a little bit different, but similar in the sense of, um, you know, getting your fiber intake through all of the, like now we start to talk about fiber and um, intestinal health and gut health. And we start to layer in more of those prebiotics, probiotics, foods for long-term health as well. Um, that's probably something more that we would do that we haven't talked about yet for fertility health. And uh, that's, that's, that's probably one thing that I would add more to. Yeah. That's similar. More, that's, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I have two more questions for you. Okay. Teresa. 
<laughs> the first okay. of two is the easy one. Okay. <laughs> Where can people find you? Are you on uh, social? What's your website? Do you accept new clients? Can they only be in Ontario? Tell us everything. That's uh, yeah. So I, you can find me. I have my website called Live and Love Nutrition. And I'm on Instagram as well, called Live and Love Nutrition. So both of those oh. are, you know, active. And I, you can DM me or you can send me a um, an email through my website. Or there's also a book now uh, button where you can have a free, you know, discovery call with me, and we can talk about one on one what your needs are or what your situation is. And um, yeah, and then I offer one on one consultations. And usually it's you know one to three months that we stay together and we. And I really try to kind of layer in and build on all the things that you need. That's where we can find you. I like it. Okay. So the last easy question. No, you'll be fine with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So say you have a couple who come to you and they're struggling with infertility. What would be, so I want you to kind of leave our listeners with, what your top three pieces of advice or homework would be specifically related to nutrition for this couple or for anyone who is struggling. Okay. So if they've come to me already. Or um, like you're meeting them. <laughs> I'm meeting them. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Um, so yeah, this is a really good question. So I would say, depending on where you are in your journey, your fertility journey. So if you are looking for a clinic, for example, or if you're, you know, starting to think about working with, um, you know, a fertility doctor or something like that, I think that's the, let's start there and then we'll go backwards. So if you're looking for a clinic, because this is what I hear a lot um, from my clients. And so a lot of times they feel um, maybe rushed or they feel like they're kind of out of control or they don't feel that it's, you know, um, a very great holistic experience when they're dealing with fertility clinics so if you're looking for clinics or something reach out talk to other health professionals because the fertility world is fairly small um in in ontario anyway um so ask around like who do you like who do you not like what do you think what's their philosophy how will they treat me and you know if it doesn't go right the first time then what's the plan for the second time do we just keep going or are we going to try something else or you know ask the questions so before you you get into to a clinic so that's that's one recommendation for me so that they don't feel Mm -hmm. so you know kind of tough if you're just looking if you're not looking for fertility clinics and you're kind of starting then i would say reach out to health professionals like follow them on social ask them questions dm them you know ask them about their reels say what's that all about you know you can get a lot of information just by reaching out and, and talking with people about it and you know being a little more open and being loud about it if you will you know um mm-hmm usually people in this field are very much willing to help and so it's it's a matter of if you reach out and say so this is kind of what I'm doing what do you think no clinical information will be given but you know general guidelines and and conversations can happen right so so I recommend to do that awesome so that's two I think what's that piece (laughs) so my third piece of homework um for a whole for a couple 
Um, could it just be include walnuts and Brazil nuts? <laughs> yeah, it could be that actually. Yes. Yeah. So usually, so if I so if I meet with a couple, I will I will send them home with three short term goals. So three small goals. So one would be a physical goal. Um, whether it be a nutrition goal or a movement goal or something like that, that they can layer into their day. So that's one thing. Then I would talk about a, um, an emotional goal, uh, like whether it be a stress relief outlet or a sleep outlet or something where they are targeting that. And then an environmental goal. So things like, you know, if you want to look at the creams that you're using on a daily basis, and maybe that's what you want to look at and see if you want to make a, a change there. So I do send them home with three short term goals that they can reach until the next time that we see each other, which is usually a week later and see how they do. So that's, that's one homework I do send them home with. Okay. I like okay. it. So maybe kind of taking some time, making some goals and then yeah. working towards them. Exactly. Exactly. And they're small. Set yourself yeah. up for success, right? Small little goals. It's not all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Even though many people like to um, pretend that it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Sometimes it's easy. Myself know. included. I am. Okay. Awesome. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to hear how everybody loves what you've had to say. No, oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. And let me it know was. if you have any other questions or if anything comes okay. up, please let me know. We totally will. If we have lots of like follow-up questions, we'll do a uh, Teresa Cassie podcast interview 2.0. <laughs> okay. Sounds, sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Great work, Teresa. Okay. I was going <laughs> to click the leave button and then I'm like, oh, I don't have to leave. Um, <laughs> I was going to just go. So that was fun. That was fun. Um, so I didn't get into talking about beans and lentils and chickpeas and eggs and fish, but I think I did a bit, right? I know I brought up beans, but I can't remember. You know, I don't think you, you talked about it a ton, actually. I didn't talk about, you talked about fish for sure. You definitely talked about fish. You definitely talked I about fish. I think I said plant-based proteins at some point. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. All right. That's okay. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah. I know you for sure talked about fish, like without question. Yeah. I'm trying to remember about the beans. You, you, did, you did talk about plant-based proteins. I don't remember at what question though. Yeah, I don't remember that either, but because I had it up front and then I was like, oh, I skipped that. And then, and then I don't know if I circled that, but it's, but it's fine. It doesn't, it's fine. Okay. Anybody okay. has that question? Um, there's so many things, right? So there's just, uh, there's just so many things that you could talk about when it comes to yeah. food nutrition and like this just, and yeah, and I don't want to offend anybody, but sometimes you're like, but well, this is what's recommended. So oh. people, people can get very passionate about, I know. <laughs> people can it's their way or the highway exactly I'm like okay yeah exactly I'm always so timid to um to like not offend anybody do you know you know what I mean but I don't think we I don't think I said anything oh my gosh I don't think you did at all and you focused more on like the research and when it was like and like I, I don't know you also said like yeah whatever people want you'll work with that mm -hmm. so I don't think there's anything offensive all right, that's, 
That's yeah. good. So, I wouldn't worry. Okay, thank you. Um, huh. I'm gonna go out there and be and talk to my kids and be like, so I think about my son is 11. He's like, so mom, you know, I think I'm thinking well. He's like my little support, uh, my little support network out there. I love uh, it. So when will this air? Do you know? I'll probably actually air it soon because the one I had for this week. Anyway like okay. technical it didn't end up work out but that said it'll probably be aired like this week but it probably won't be promoed because we have like two other in the hopper to promo first okay so it probably okay. won't be promoed for like three weeks so essentially what that means is you can send it to anybody right away it'll be on the podcast but okay. it won't be like on social or anything right. or like talked about really okay <laughs> okay until yeah so will you yeah. let me know or loop me in like tag like totally. tag i'll tag you on the instagram stuff yeah yeah absolutely i'll okay. tag you on the instagram stuff um and then yeah and, absolutely. Well. and then i'll put your website in the show notes so that people okay. can find you sure um, and i can put actually your socials in there too okay um but yeah so like it'll be like i said you can like find it if you pull up your podcast probably by the weekend but it won't actually be like marketed for a couple right. weeks okay all right yeah. no problem yeah. i'm meeting with my social media people this week at some point i don't even remember yeah. when, but at some yeah. point. honestly I, the, the morning of i go oh okay here's my meetings i just like there you go yeah oh. so i think at some point this week we're meeting so i'll i'll tell them to include um yeah tell them it'll be in like your stuff two or three weeks then the podcast will like pump it up okay perfect oh can yeah. i take a screenshot of us or no oh sure Here, how yeah, do i do that i can like how do i take oh yeah how do oh, i, I don't a... think that helped <laughs> <laughs> um do you know how to take a screenshot uh, no i know how to take a photo with my phone <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll do that where's my phone where's that my phone um okay so i'm just gonna write screenshot I'm sure there's a way, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be. Okay, so now my, okay, let's talk. I just blurred my background for the screenshot, so tell me where okay. you're going to take it. But, like, look, now, where is she? Now she's yeah. fine. See? So I had to, I had to pull, I don't know if you can see this, but I had to pull my chair way away from the window because she'll bark at things out the window. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if I pull my chair in the middle of the room, she can't reach the window. Oh, oh my god, god that's so cute i honestly i just it's just the cutest thing oh, okay yeah. i have to get my phone just give me one sec because i don't know how to take a record i don't know how to take a screenshot <laughs> guys do you have my phone my kitchen is a disaster my kitchen's a disaster my um my kids, my, they're not cleaning. They're not. <laughs> All their dishes. Oh. Oh, wow. How and, old are they again? So they're nine and 11. Oh, okay. They're still like yeah. kind of young, right? But yeah, my friend has a 10 year old and it drives her crazy when he doesn't do his like dishes. And stuff. Who has? <laughs> oh, you're, you're my fr a friend of mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So now I don't want to get the phone in the way. Okay, let's smile. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, <laughs> so much fun. Hi. All right, let's see. 
Did you get one? Okay, there. Oh, that looks perfect. I look. Oh, that's. Oh, what? What? Oh. <laughs> did I get my keyboard? I did. Okay. Or there's this one. <laughs> I one. can't really see. Oh my god! I just went to try to zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're there now. I'm you can see. That's perfect. I'm that's happy with good. either. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. So that way, I allow, that way, I can crop it and then put it on my uh, on my okay. social, right? Just to kind of. And depending, I mean, talk to your social people and see what you want. But if you want to like do a build up before it actually gets like promo, like yeah, you know, we say like two cut, like whatever you guys want, right? Like, like so, yeah, it's up to you. I think yeah. we'll do some stuff in between. Um, yeah. To do a build up for sure. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So that's good. So I'll be in touch if there's anything, if they ask me for anything or whatever, I'll, I'll be in touch. But, and if you need anything from Sounds me, good. let me know. Sounds good. Well, oh. thanks for coming on the podcast. And thanks for having me. Thank you. It's fun. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Jenica. All right. Bye. Have a good night. See ya. You too.